0: Welcome to the Gardening Tour back on Two and You RFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott,
1: great to see you in the studio once again. Good to see you. Good to see the Christmas lights here. So we might have a semi Christmas special today. Very Christmassy feel of of... Tinsel? G- g- tinsel, that's what I like. Twitter, tinsel, yeah, lights. Oh, wow. Electricity bill's going to go through the roof. Very sparkly. Yes. Sharp, what have you got for us today? I thought we'd we'll talk about a plant that's out there at the moment, the Norfolk Highland Hibiscus, caring for your Christmas tree inside and what to do with your lawn to get it looking good for Christmas.
0: Excellent. Yes, ho, ho, ho. And we've got Stephen on the line from Newcastle. And he needs advice about a beetle that's been attacking his lily pillies.
1: Hey, Stephen, how can we help you?
2: I'm fine. Uh, you can't actually help me because I already know about this bug that's uh, uh, attacking all the lily pilly. Yep, yep. This bug has come in the last couple of seasons. I care for lily pillies at people's place, okay? Yes. So I do a bit, fair bit of gardening, and the lily pilly. this bug has been attacking the lily pillies for the last two or three seasons. I've been spraying for it, and it keeps coming back. I have finally identified it. Uh, I went to the Australian nursery on Glendale there. hmm and she told me it was a little beetle that comes in of a night time it and chomps it it away at at the lily tilly.
1: Yes, we call, lays, we call it calypso it beetle.
2: It's bigger we call, call it the,
1: the calypso beetle. The Calypso beetle. Yes, Paraps- Parapsides calypso. Even though it actually is a native beetle, you'd think that, you know, it must come from the Caribbean, but it, it doesn't. Playing still drums. and Yeah, and, and with dreadlocks on it. That's- but, yeah, look, it, you're right. It is, uh, it is a native beetle, and it does come out at night. How, how have you been treating it, Stephen?
2: Well, I, I have been treating it with Confidore, which has gone off the market, and same with yeah. Batoid. All systemic uh, chemicals have gone off the market, but that is the only uh, result I get out of it. Uh, it, it will get rid of it for a bit, but it keeps coming back
1: yeah yeah and
2: if if you have a look around at the moment, Scott, nearly every single lily pilly has got it,
1: yeah, look unfortunately they they are a, a you know pretty hungry little beetle, like you said, they do come out at night, so that's why people have uh difficulty identifying them and actually treating it as well uh look I guess you could probably try a marathon, but you'd have to be out there at night, that's not going to work for you when you you know you want to be or, at home with your feet or up
2: sticky that can go onto the plants like a garlic mix or something just to deter the beetle of the night time. Yeah, it may work, but what my concern is, Scott, there's hardly a lily pillie out there that hasn't got this bug on it.
1: Yeah, look, you're right, and I think it's probably due to the you know the proliferation of lily pillies as a hedging plant. Uh, look, the only way you can look at it is it's nature's way of sort of giving it a bit of a prune. But I know they. They do do a lot of damage. They make the plants look quite unsightly because they'll have really, really big chomps out of the, out of the uh, oh, leaves. Oh, big chomps. Yeah. It looks
2: like a big grasshopper chomping, and if you leave it too long, it's, it slowly but surely kills the tree.
1: Yeah, look... Uh, I'm at the
2: point where I'm going to knock on people's door and spray their lily tillies <laughs> for
1: them. <laughs> Yeah, look, that, 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 there's not much we can do about it, unfortunately. It is a native beetle. Uh, look, yeah. as you said, it comes out at night. Uh, Malathon it, m- might do, but you'd have to be out there, you know, sort of at night trying to uh, get actual contact on the plant. As you said, uh, you know, Confidor and those makes- systemic ones have been taken off the market now because of the, you know, the damage they're doing to bees and other insects. Uh, so, uh, yeah, look, unfortunately, not much you can do. Just sort of see through the season, try and control it as best as possible with contact sprays and uh, and see how you go after that. But, yeah, it's called Parapsides calypso. It's, uh, it's well, a, not a bad-looking little beetle, but, um, yeah, it does do a, a lot of damage. It's a lovely
3: colour. I've, yeah. got, I've got the whole cycle
2: in the jar at the moment. I've got the, the larvae and the beetle.
1: Ah, okay. Yes, yeah, because they, yeah, they change colour, don't they?
2: They do. The larvae start to turn into the beetle over uh, within one
1: day. Yep, Okay. Uh, Look, unfortunately, I I don't think there's any sort of, uh, you know, natural ways to get rid of it. Um, But I I think it is just, it's just, you know, bursting out onto the scene just because the number of lily pillies that are out there in people's gardens now.
2: And that's why it's appearing. Yes. But at least if anyone's listening, they have the bug, they should try and do something about it.
1: Yeah, look, they really should. But, yeah, unfortunately, with you know, I, I, I say unfortunately. but It's part but of I nature. Susten- is yeah, part, it is, yes. yeah, it is part of nature. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get some birds in there to uh, have a bit of a feast on it.
2: Yes, but it's, it's happening so prolific around the town. Yes. Right? That's all I was concerned about. So I thought I'd ring up. But as I know, it is only part of nature, and that's, we've got to deal with it.
1: We do, we do. Is. Okay, thanks for that, Stephen. Appreciate it very much. That's-
3: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Okay, thank geez, you. Bye-bye. And we've got John from Tyre Seal, and he's got a question about guava.
1: Hey, John, how can we help you?
3: Fruit uh, fly. <laughs> <laughs> In one word, that's what the problem is. I, we've had the tree for about seven years now, and I've, I've treated it the first three or four, and the last couple of years I've just let it go because I, just, I can't keep them out.
1: What have you been treating it with, mate?
3: Oh, don't ask me now, Chris. I've, because it's, because Scott, I've been too... Um, about two years since I'd done it, I thought, oh, well, I'll give it one more go. And we were out today, and, and I had the phone with me, so I thought,
1: I'll give you a ring. Yeah, well, look, I mean, fruit fly affects everyone, not just people with guav- guavas. Uh, you know, it yes. gets into your stone fruit, it you know, gets into your tomatoes, you know. Pretty, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, anything yes. that fruits, it'll have a crack at. Uh, sure. So, look, the, the important thing to do is, you know, take that two-pronged attack when you're dealing with fruit fly, and that's trapping. And spraying as well. Uh, so look, for the trapping, people often ring up and ask about it. And, and I talk to them about making up the sort of the homemade trap. You can go to your garden centre and get, uh, you know, sort of proprietary traps that are you know, ready yeah. made for you. But you can make up your own. Uh, it takes a bit of uh, Vegemite. And, and a bit of malathon, and you mix that together till it's a, like a paste, and you put that into uh, you know one of those uh, takeaway plastic containers. You punch a few holes in it, and you hang it from the tree, you know, from the tree or mm-hmm. tomato bush or whatever, and you get a really good result from that. Uh, the uh, the fl- female fruit flies jump on in there; they have a bit of a feast. And of course, when they're feeding on the vegemite, which attracts them, it uh, also uh, kills them because they're sucking up the, the malathion as well, which is an insecticide. Yes,
3: yes, yes, yeah.
1: So we've had a few people ring in about that over you know over time, and, and say that they do have really good results with it. Uh, so look, that, that's a good uh, you know thing to go and do, and you know try and probably have it, you know multiple traps around the area to try and keep it under control. And the other thing to do is just regularly spray as well. Uh, look, probably with Malathion uh, or even Pyrethrum, if you wanted to. Uh, it's a bit of a softer spray to be, uh, you know, spraying out there into the atmosphere. So, right, if, yes, you, if you yes. do those two things, and also pick up any fruit that's on the ground, because you don't want rotten fruit on the ground of any type. Uh, it's all yes, citrus, yes. you know, anything like that. It's all they're always going to be attracted to that. They smell.
3: Yeah. Up. Well, I find soon as the fruit's ripe, it'll uh, ready to pick. It'll drop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and. Uh, and I've, I've, every morning I'll go and pick them up.
1: Yeah, look, it's really pick important up. to get rid of that
3: because there was only an accidental tree. <laughs> that <Yeah. we> got.
1: <laughs> so look,
3: I bought it for something else, and we had it. Oh, uh, right, it okay. Cut the trees out on the street, and that's where it is on the footpath <laughs> type of thing. <laughs>
1: so look, that that, that double-edged, uh, you know, double-edged yeah, approach. Yeah. Well, is listen, the best I'll way. probably
3: come over. I'll probably come over in the next couple of days, and.
1: Okay, no worries. I,
3: I, and that'll be the best idea. Okay, thanks. I'll be able to get what I want there. Okay, all right. Oh,
1: thanks, John. Bye-bye. I think John had to go somewhere. I think so. We, look, we don't, we don't sell Vegemite, but I'm sure you can find a shop somewhere that'll... Surely somewhere. In Australia. It'll be un-Australian not to sell Vegemite. Exactly. I understand. Now, you mentioned a bit earlier about
0: grass. Grass, yes. Lawns. I did getting them ready for Christmas.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's important. I, I think if you want to, uh, you know, green up your lawn for Christmas. Yep. Uh, look, I know on Friday morning I was talking to, to Todd, if you wanted to uh, do some top dressing, uh, you know, you could do it very lightly. Uh, I was sort of talking to people who might have done that over the weekend. Okay. Uh, so anyone who's listening who's only got next weekend to do it, you're probably too late for that. So the only other way to really green up your lawn now before Christmas is to... spray paint. Bit of spray paint, yeah, that works I want, like some sort of aerial plane <laughs> that comes in, you know, like and just drop it in there. But no, look, you can fertilize if you want to, still, yep. Uh, so fertilizing, uh, you know, this uh, time of year, um, just to uh, you know, whatever the uh. The uh, fertilizer is, you know, the, the garden centre sells. So, you yep. know, they're all, all very good. I tend to use the more, you know, the ones that are uh, in a smaller bag. The old sort of number seventeen ones that you used to get. Uh, you have to carry a big bag of that around, and it's much harder to get it to break down. So I always carry the, you know, use the ones that uh, come in a smaller bag because I'm lazy. Fair enough. Uh, and it's easy, it, easy, easy as well. It, and It's easier to spread around. It does, you know, breaking it down uh, with the hose isn't so so difficult. Apparently, there could be f- thunderstorms tonight, so.
0: Allegedly, yes.
1: Allegedly. So uh, always a good time to get out and do it if it's going to rain. For some reason, rain makes the the grass, uh, you know, green up a little bit more as well. So look, yeah, I I think just a little bit late now, if you were going to do it next weekend, uh, as far as top dressing your lawn, uh, I think you still have sort of dirty lawn for Christmas. But if you just want to go out and fertilise this week and even on the weekend, that would be your last chance to get uh, your lawn greening up. For right. Christmas, so this is your last chance this weekend. This weekend, I reckon. Yep. After that, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> Sounds awful. Is I, just... I, I hope it's not a dust bowl because yeah. you'd have to get some turf for that. That will fix it up for Christmas. That's yeah. Just get some of those plastic ones. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, like fake lawn. Yeah, fake lawn. Fake yeah. Lawns, yeah. like the oh, old cricket pitch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's Good what idea. I'm about. Good idea. Synthetic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we've got Ian from North Arm Cove, and he's got an idea of how. to, oh, I'd like to know how to get rid of stink bugs.
1: Ian, how can we help, mate?
4: Yeah, g'day Scott. I suppose it's a question you've uh, been asked a million times. But we're we're, we're happy to
1: answer it a million and one times for you, mate. That's not a problem.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, stink bugs, uh, how do you get rid of them? I mean, um, uh, they're everywhere. Uh, I've tried uh, all the, uh, you know, I've tried chili, Mm pyrethrum, I've done all that, I've trapped them in plastic bags. And I come out smelling like one myself after doing that, I can tell you.
1: Yeah, they don't um, smell good, but do they?
4: anyway, oh, yeah, pretty good, mate. Um, anyway, uh, do you have any secret formula for spraying the trees and getting rid of them once and for all, or
1: yeah, whatever? Well, look, the the old thing used to be to use Confidore. It was registered to do it. You couldn't use it on the uh, citrus trees when they were uh, flowering and fruiting, though. Uh, look, Confidor is uh, you know largely being you know phased out now because of the damage it's doing to bees. So it, it does be, become more difficult to uh, to do something about them. Uh, look, you could try Malathon as well. Uh, it's a contact spray, so you actually have to see them to contact them. And I think it's probably you know a better sort of uh, you know chemical to use in because you're just there. You're not going to be spraying willy nilly about the place. Uh, it only works on contact. It doesn't get absorbed into the plant like Confidor does. Uh, mate, look, the other uh, method I always give to people is to uh, go out, uh, you know, to your garage wherever you might have an old vacuum cleaner, the old Hoover out there. And uh, yeah, get that. I've tried that, and I've and Hoover that. them up because that's uh, that's the only other way you get rid of the, the little buggers.
4: Yeah, well, uh, in the end, I sucked half the, half the leaves off the tree because I was only behind the leaf, and here I am sucking away madly, and uh anyway, yeah. I've got they, almost you, everything.
1: You look no. at you. You're right, mate. They do. They see you coming, don't they? And they just go yeah. around behind the leaf. They're, they're very clever that's little buggers. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay, well, look, I'll try that, Scott, and uh, hopefully it'll get rid of the fruit fly at the same time. So yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. try
1: yeah, try the mouth on, see how you go with that. And, uh, look, maybe if you've got the hoover, give that a second try um, a little bit more carefully.
4: <laughs> 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 Improve yeah, your okay. aim. Thanks
1: for your help, Scott. <laughs> okay, one. cheers, Ian. Thank you. Let's use one of yeah. ha- those handheld ones. Oh, I guess you could use one of the little handheld ones. That's probably... Of, or you wouldn't want a new one because oh, no. they they stink. They they Like I could come up with an analogy for how bad they smell, but... Um, do that smell pleasant? Uh, yeah, they do not do not smell pleasant. It's not, yeah, it's a very pungent okay. smell. And they, as soon as they see you coming, they spray their little thing and it gets all over you. So, yeah. I suppose the clue is in the name though, isn't it? Stink Bugs? Stink Bugs, you're going to destroy whatever vacuum cleaner you use.
0: <laughs> we've got uh, Devon now from Fletcher. And he needs some advice about laying new turf.
1: Devin, how can we help you, mate? G'day,
5: mate. Um, we, we've uh, got a clay block and it's been on like there for a couple of years and we're going to Put down some turf, uh, well, this year's spring, but it's I thought we we're running out. Well, the run's a bit late, so getting a bit hot. So, I was just thinking, would autumn be a good time, or should I wait for the following spring
1: again? Uh, no, look, autumn is a, a fine time. It's funny, turf, look, if you had your grass there normally in winter, it stops growing, but you put down turf, and I think because it's you know been dug up and had its root system. Uh, you, know, you know, damaged by that, that process, uh, it, it just tends to grow. So, whenever you lay turf, it just t- sort of takes off for you. So, I would say, yeah, around that May period would be a fantastic time to do it. And it gets it bedded in then over winter. And so, once you get through to spring and into summer, of course, it's ready, the root system's down, it's, it's ready to go off again. If you've got really heavy clay soil, mate, what I would be doing is uh, getting out there with some sort of clay breaker. There's a liquid clay breakers you can get, and you would treat that clay soil that you've got before you actually put the turf down. Uh, and, of course, then you go and get uh, you know some sort of turf underlay. It's a sandy loam. Uh, usually it's got some sort of cow- uh, sorry poultry manure in it. And uh, you put that over the top, smooth it all out, make sure you get it nice and flat, and that's when you lay your turf over that and then water it as much as you possibly can.
5: Yeah, because we, we've got about thirteen hundred square meters of lawn to put down, and Ouch. and um and it, and it is it's all clay out there, you know, it's all stripped rock and all that sort of stuff, yeah. clay, and so yeah, so what do you think? Maybe just the um the underlay itself would do, or do you reckon I should just get a whole heap, a couple of ton of that gypsum or something as well? As
1: uh, look, with gypsum though, you have to actually uh, dig it through, so that's not going to be very helpful for you. Uh, yeah look the underlay put, just put put a thicker level of underlay uh, I mean you, you root grass roots don't really go down that deep when you think about it uh, and so that, that would work for you and you find oh, look I've, I've laid turf over you know really difficult clay blocks and it, it, it does take for you over time and then, uh, you know, you're also starting to build on that by top dressing, uh, you know, every couple of years, fertilising, and it, it tends to keep it going. It's just the watering, though, um, you know, when it when uh, it uh, gets really dry, clay obviously dries out in underneath it, so you just have to make sure that you're watering appropriately at that time.
5: Yeah, that's why I thought I'd give it a miss now being hotter yeah. <laughs> and just wait a bit longer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Look, you, you'll keep it alive, uh, but uh, it just takes a lot more water to do so.
5: Mm, mm. All right, mate. Yeah, okay. that's
1: Good on you. Good luck with it, and have a nice Christmas. Yeah, same to you. Okay, yeah, cheers. Awesome. B- bye. Mate,
0: mate, mate. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and your RFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Debbie from Mayfield East, and she's got a question about
1: carnations. Ah, the carnations you used to put in the lapel of your uh, dinner jacket. Uh, how can we help you with them, Debbie? If you're off to a uh, school hi. formal. Yes, off to a school formal. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're
6: actually my favourite flower, and... Um... I like them, and I've moved house, and I've got a ho- a whole you a l- lot more of them to plant, and mm-hmm. the new ones. But um, I found the soil's really sandy, and I don't know whether f- I wasn't sure whether they like sandy soil, or should I put something in the soil with them? Like they're not doing, they're hanging in there, but they haven't died. So, d- uh, do they live in the sandy soil, or should I put something?
1: Oh, look, they they can live in sandy soil, but obviously if yours are feeling, feeling a little bit stressed, uh, you know, with the wind and the heat we're starting to get, um, I would start to build up that soil. Uh, you know, you, have you planted them already or you just got them in pots?
6: No, I've planted them already. They're okay. doing okay, but yeah, I was just I just can't keep up the water to them because the, the soil is really, really sandy. So I just didn't know if I should mix some potting mix in to, you know, make it a bit more...
1: Uh, look, you could do you could do that. Uh, you probably sort of um, disrupt them a little bit too much if you're doing that. What I would go and do is get a wetting agent of some sort. Uh, wetter soil is a very good one to use. So it comes as a powder. You can just sprinkle it around. And I would certainly go and uh, sprinkle that around there. It actually makes the I guess the soil sticky, so the water sticks and gets absorbed into the soil uh, particles as it's going through. Uh, the other thing I would definitely do is go and get some mulch like sugarcane mulch and spread that around nice and thick. Uh, look, that works twofold. It sort of creates that layer like a duna layer over the top and it holds the moisture in a lot better for you. Uh, it also you know, protects the soil from cooling, You know, sort of keeps it a little bit cooler. And over time, the mulch breaks down and then you can till that back through the soil and uh, remulch again. So I'll do that again, the two-pronged attack of the uh, the wetting agent, the wetter soil, and also the sugar cane mulch.
6: Okay, yeah, because I just didn't want to do them, because they're doing well enough, but they just, they're just they getting a fair bit of the sun there. I didn't think when I planted them at the time about how much sun they w- would really get. Yeah, so. but
1: normally they flower the best out in full sun. Where have you grown them in the past?
6: Um, well, this is the first time. Well, I'm originally from Tasmania, and, you know, they survived really well there. Oh, and, sure,
1: yes, they would, Yes. <laughs>
6: they were really nice and i thought well i found them to be quite hardy and i've never i'm not really a green thumb you know like so i thought well i'll plant something easy and just to fill up the space right outside my front door and yeah that's what i've got a few carnations okay. and yeah
1: uh, look and you'll have young year 10 fellows coming around uh, ready to go to their school formal wanting to have a, a nice little lapel piece <laughs> from you
6: <laughs> yeah well i used to um buy them actually from Tesla bulbs and have not sent to me oh, and they yes, were the, yeah. they were so hardy like and you could never kill them, you know. And Steve said, well, you know, most things need water, and I keep forgetting. To, but he said, they're going to die in there. And I thought, okay, well, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I do find that it's very dry soil, and that's why I thought, well, I don't know what to do. So the, the, what... You
1: said it's near your front door as well. Is it, uh, you know, sort of to the uh, – is it getting the rain when it comes in from the south?
6: Yeah, it, it does. But I think it's – I was more worried about the full sun that it gets, you know, getting quite a lot of sun and I thought that might have been the problem with it as well.
1: Yeah, look, we can't take the sun away unfortunately. Um, you could, you know, transplant them if you wanted to, but I'd, I'd mulch uh, water and use the wetting agent um, to try yeah. and keep them under control.
6: Yeah, at the moment and see what happens. I might move them when the, when we get into winter again and yeah. move something from there, move, uh, plant something else there. Okay, well thanks. Okay, well thank you very much uh, for that.
1: And thank you for the call, Debbie. Have a nice
0: afternoon.
6: You too. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: We we'll were talking about stink bugs a little bit earlier, and Anne from the Central Coast has got some advice on how to get rid of stink oh, bugs.
1: excellent. Anne, can you help us?
7: Hi, how are you this morning? Yeah, very well. Good. Um, I had a lime tree oh, probably about four years ago, and I, they were just covered in it. And I found this um, personal, well, it's a personal insect repellent, but they also make it in a concentrate, so you can make up your own fly spray. And, um, and it's all natural stuff. Okay. And I would just hit them with that and they didn't like it one bit. So they, they
1: didn't die, they just disappeared?
7: Uh, no, they, yeah, they'd fall on the ground and die. Oh, okay. It, it did. Um, sometimes it'd take a couple of goes, but it was like an afternoon sport once the sun was off the tree <laughs> for me to get my squirt bottle and, and, and hit them between the eyes. But um, it, it was really effective stuff.
1: Yeah, it certainly so, f- it fixes up your uh, aim, doesn't it, when you're trying to get them? You could, yeah. you could become like a, <laughs> a U.S. Navy SEAL sharpshooter.
7: <laughs> and I didn't mind using it because it's it a natural product. So, okay. um, yeah, I found that very successful.
1: Okay. Well, thanks yeah. thanks for um, that tip.
7: Yeah, I think it was your mate. I used the lotion from Mozzie's, but they put out a spray and, and, and a concentrate, and I just used to buy the concentrate okay. and make up the bottle's worth. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was really
1: good. Okay, the things that you do, but that sounds like a good idea. Thanks very much for that, Ann.
7: Okay, my okay. pleasure.
1: Bye. Okay, have a good bye. afternoon. Bye bye. Sounds like a bit of fun too, just sitting there shooting at, oh, at bugs. It, it does, and look, you could you know go like five hundred meters out if you wanted to, and get the <laughs> get the sort of the, the, the telescopic scope on top of the the spray and see if you can hit them. Go there with balaclava. Yep. Black opposite. Yep. Do that. Dead of the night.
0: <laughs> Got Michael from North of Rothbury on the line. And he's got more advice about getting to stink bugs. I hope
1: these are getting more and more inventive, Michael. What do you got for us, mate?
3: Mate, um, I find that when we're going to get a bad storm, mm. all the bugs congregate at the bottom of the trunk. Oh. All you need is two rubber thongs, and you'll get the whole
1: tribe. That's a really good idea. And so you've noticed, I mean, look, I know my dog goes crazy when we're going to get a thunderstorm, but so you reckon the insects do the same thing as well?
3: They all go to the bottom of the trunk. You just got to go out when it's approaching, and you'll get the lot.
1: Okay, good idea. Very good idea. This yeah, is this is, is getting far more inventive. Yeah, two rubber thongs. Nice, yeah. nice work.
3: Failing that, at the moment they're copulating. <laughs> a hockey stick bets them. You get two for one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I have, I have seen them do that. I don't go out and stare. I don't like them to be embarrassed. Uh, but yes, it is a good time to get them. They've got their mind on other things. Yeah, they're stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> good on you, Michael. Thanks for that. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Good have, luck. A good, have a good
0: afternoon. We've got Norm now from Ellie Barnard. He's got more advice as well, I think.
1: Norm, help us, please.
3: Uh, Scott, Norm here, mate. Uh, with that Klepsa uh, bug, yes. I had uh, pretty good success with uh, Carborough.
1: Okay, yep. Good, good.
3: It's late in the afternoon. Next morning, there
1: were quite a lot of dead ones around. Okay. so And look, I guess the other thing about doing that, the bees aren't usually out and about, you know, getting into the late afternoon, and that's when the, the bugs and the weevils are starting to come out and feed, like, you, like you've like yeah. you obviously found out. So thanks for that, Carbryl. A uh, good idea to get rid of that uh, Calypso bug. Yep. That's okay. Neat. Thanks for that, Norm. Cheers. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Thank you. And we've got Jeff now from Musselbrook, and he needs
0: advice on how to get rid of a weed. Ooh. Jeff, how can we help you, mate?
5: Mate. how are you?
1: Yeah, very well. Mate,
5: I've got, I, I think it's called cestrum.
1: Yeah, cestrum yeah, nocturnum. Yeah,
5: it's uh, deadly. I've lost some sheep
1: and some cattle through it. Yeah, it's called uh, deadly nightshade cestrum nocturnum. It's uh, it's more like a small shrub, I guess, it can turn in, and you get that yellow flower on it. Is that the one we're talking about? That's
5: great. Right. Yeah, mate, yeah. Well, I've it, but it's got a tr- tremendous root system. It seems to
1: back along the green and pop up again yeah, it does so look the, the way to get rid of it uh, get some tree and blackberry killer, uh, a bit of kerosene or di- diesel as well, and uh, once you 've cut yep. it off at the ground, you actually drill down into the the trunk uh, as, yep. as much as you know get get down in there and you just pour that mixture of uh, kero or and uh, tree and blackberry killer down into that you 'll see it get absorbed down over an hour or so. Uh, go back and top yep. that up. So what it's actually doing then is absorbing it down into the into the root system. Mate, you might might not get rid of it all in one hit, but that's certainly something that's going to get it under control for you. Right. Uh, the
5: trouble I've got with am I, I back onto a creek and it's running running wild in the yeah, creek down okay. on the
1: creek bank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, look. You can use tree and blackberry killer to spray, but unfortunately, you know, whatever you spray, it's going to kill, uh, and it probably wouldn't have the same effect of going back through the root system. Uh, and look, unfortunately, that's going to be the only way you're going to get rid of it, um, you know, effectively, and try and keep it out.
5: Right. Okay. Thanks very much for that. mate. Okay. I'll try and get some of it afternoon.
1: Yeah. Couldn't. Sorry, I couldn't be of more help. But yeah, Trent and blackberry killer, a bit of diesel, a bit of caro, and uh, Bob's your uncle.
5: Right. Great stuff. All right, I'm going to pack up this afternoon.
1: Okay. <laughs> Good on you, Jeff. See you later. Thanks, thanks mate. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Jeez, thanks, Jeff. It's gardening talk back on to when you are at FM. Scotted up. We're almost out of time for another week, but Christmas is on the way. It is. It is. It's only
1: well two weeks. Two away. Yeah, two weeks. Is, right? is it? I, I think quite, maybe three. No, I'm not sure. I'm thinking next, like the Monday after a little bit will be Hang Christmas on. Eve. Let's let's do a Christmas Eve check here for us. We're oh, it is two weeks away. Two weeks away. Yeah. You, you, you haven't got your presents ready, have you? That's not. No, 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 zero preparation. Not, not by the sounds of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you are leaving it to the
0: last to that third week, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Well, I like to do Christmas sometimes on New Year's Eve. It's, Good idea. <laughs>
1: Well, we look at just postpone it even further into the year if you need to. Go for it. Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about Santa. Don't worry about the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, fine. Have it in May, June, whenever you can get yourself around to it. I find sometimes just you know being part of being with a family is a good part of Christmas. It is. It's not about the gifts or no. what the food you've brought. It's just about being there. Yeah, exactly. And being awake at about four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, if if you can, if yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh caring for christmas trees i thought we'd get this out of the way people often have live christmas trees in their house now um Look, it's important to still water them, you know, very sparingly, I guess. Uh, you don't want to dribbling out onto, you know, the nice presents, you know, mm-hmm. the, the underwear or whatever you've bought no. for, you know, Uncle Bob. Or the socks or... The socks or whatever it is. So make sure you're still watering them. Uh, look, getting your Christmas tree back outside is the most difficult thing. Often, people often get them and stick them straight out into full sun. Uh, that's a big no-no. Um, you know, Rudolph wouldn't be happy about that at all. Uh, you need to actually sort of stagger it back outside onto a veranda, uh, then maybe out into to you know, a, a position in the garden where it's getting some afternoon sun, yep. and then finally after that, you can have your tree back out in the full sun to look after again for the following year. So yeah, look, just look after your Christmas tree uh, as you would a normal indoor plant. Water it, but it's that staggering back out into the uh, into the full sun is the most important thing. Uh, and of course, we we're talking about fertilising your lawn. So if you're going to do that, do that this week or over this weekend. Yep, that'll be your last chance, I should think. Uh, Norfolk Island hibiscus. Uh, it's out and about at the moment. Uh, it's sort of got a grey furry foliage to it, but you're seeing with pink okay. flowers all over it.
6: Uh, That's a bit
1: better than grey. It is, it is. So look, it is a nice looking plant. Uh, you probably know the Mazichi bomb trees. So the, when the seeds Uh, Come out. They actually are quite uh, annoying. They have these like little uh, silica hairs or something all over them, and they they will actually irritate the skin. So be careful about that. Apparently they're also uh, poisonous uh, to you know if you ingest them or your animals ingest them in some way. So uh, just be careful if you've noticed a uh, Norfolk Island hibiscus. They uh, are a native, but. yeah, so they. Be with the- yeah, be careful. I know. Look, I, I was used to them, um, you know, around Merriweather and around the beach. Always lots up there because they're very good, obviously, in the salt conditions and the windy conditions. Yep. But uh, you just have to be careful about uh, those seed pods. Excellent,
0: like singing nettles. Yeah, they. they of-
1: yeah, they just have these little sort of almost like fiberglassy shards that come oh. out of them, and they just uh, yeah, irritate you. It's not not pleasant. Are the sting as bad as
0: stinging nettles? Or?
1: Oh, they just, uh, you know, you know, if, uh, if you've been uh, sanding fiberglass or something, you just yep. feel those oh, little okay. things all in you and you get that sort of uh, red uh, redness about the skin. They've all pricked in. Yeah, oh, okay. So, yeah, not right. good, yeah. yeah I think we've got time for one more call. Oh, we'll
0: have to rush through. And we've got Alan from Cessna. Can he's got an idea about getting rid of that weed oh, we were talking about earlier?
1: Excellent. Alan, please help us. Yes,
5: mate. How
0: are you? Yeah, pretty
1: well.
5: Um, graze on. If you can spray the bush... All over.
1: It's as good as any, mate. Okay, so Grazon sounds like it might be something that... Uh,
5: it is a herbicide.
1: It is a herbicide, and it probably comes, like, from a farm supply place? Yes, that's right.
5: Yeah. If you go to uh, any uh, farm supply or it goes to the local
1: council, you might be able to buy some from them as well. Okay, so, look, um, I, I, look I, I, that's, thanks for the, that. I usually don't recommend that because, you know, obviously we have people, you know, just got home gardens and stuff. When you go to the farm supply... Uh, often you buy, you have to buy very large amounts of it. Uh, yes, that
5: yeah. is a, a problem. Yeah, I think about a liter is about the most the smallest you can buy. Yeah,
1: and that'll probably last you for but twenty years. But if you buy the, the it will
5: last for a long time, and yeah. it does do a lot. Um, but uh, read the instructions properly And it's very good It's best out, really okay. And look, um, uh,
1: Jeff Mus- from Musselbrook was on the phone to us Before he actually posed the question to us And uh sounded like he had some cattle and things So he might be able to actually go along to his farm su- supply place And get that graze that on Yeah, there is a place
5: Musselbrook yeah. um, and that there, But there is also a mauve one as well Very rare, but there is a mauve one as well
1: Oh, the, the Sestrum? Yes. yes Yes, yeah, okay, yeah Look, yeah. it, it, people do grow it in their home garden uh, every now and again. It does have a nice fragrance at night, but, um, it, look, it's not a fantastic plant. It can, you know, it is, it is a bit of a weed, unfortunately. Well, yeah.
5: a, it, it is a noxious weed now. Yeah, yeah. Um, my councils are all I have to get rid of it anyway. Yeah. But... Uh, but that's the best on oh, mine.
0: Great, okay. time.
1: thanks for that, Alan. We appreciate it very much. Have a nice uh, week. Uh, nice week, mate. Scotch it up. We're out of time for another week. Oh, that's it. Okay. I'm sorry to say. Okay. See you next week. Okay, the, I'll, I'll, I think it's the last one next week. It will be. I'll, I'll be able I'll to turn off. Like I'll take my batteries out for a <laughs> month or so after that. Scotch it up. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Guarding talk back on Two NURFM. Back next Monday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle.